You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Thanks for being with us here at Napa Broadcasting. I'm Jeff Sheckman. Imagine if New Yorkers banded together to get Wall Street out of New York. If Detroit suddenly turned against the auto industry. If Nashville suddenly felt that it didn't like music. If Houston no longer wanted to be part of big oil. Sounds absurd, right? But that's exactly what seems to be happening right here in the Napa Valley. Groups of apparently self-loathing Napans seem to have turned against the wine industry, the business that has brought it immeasurable prosperity and recognition as a world-class city and valley. For the old-timers, sometimes it's easy to understand how things have changed and why there might be some resentment. For the newcomers, though, the insincerity is palpable. It's just like the buyer that got that amazing deal for the house by the airport and then moves in and begins his campaign to close down the airport. To try and put all this in perspective, I've invited a guest that has seen it all. He's been here for over 40 years, through the ups and downs of the wine business, and his point of view is not from the campaign trail, but directly from the soil of the Napa Valley. It is my pleasure to welcome Stu Smith here to the program to spend some time with me talking about Measure C, why there's so much contention about it, and what it really means for the people on the ground here in the Valley. Stu, thanks so much for coming in. Uh, Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. You know, one of the things that seems to be or always has been kind of axiomatic about all this is that agriculture was always intended to be the highest and best use of the land here in Napa Valley. And some of the issues that surround Measure C seem to run counter to that for the first time. Is this really a sea change or what, what are we seeing here in your view? Well, I do think it's a sea change, uh, and I do think it is counter to the very um, 50 years of of, uh, of land use policy that has kept the Napa Valley, Napa County, in, in fundamentally an agricultural county uh, with a low population. If you look at uh, Santa Clara County, uh, if you look at uh, the East Bay, as I like to say, in, in the 60s, I went to Berkeley. Uh, and if I came up, uh, I grew up in Southern, Southern California, Santa Monica. And if I came up 101, uh, when you got to the Santa Clara Valley, you made all these right turns, left turns, right turns, left turns, because you were going right turning around this orchard and left turning around that orchard. And um, today, you just take a 10-lane freeway and you go zipping right on through it. Uh, well, except when there's traffic. And the same thing happened when we came up uh, Highway 99. We'd come in the back way through... Uh, uh, Dublin and, and uh, Walnut Creek and Concord, and, and uh, that used to all be walnut groves, two lanes, and now it's a 10-lane freeway. And the thing that has kept Napa Valley where it is is the wine industry, and the wine industry um, is a tough industry. We are environmentally sensitive. We have a beautiful area. Uh, unfortunately, uh, as I like to say, the people, these people want the fruits of our labor, which is to keep the Napa Valley uh, beautiful and agricultural and environmentally um, pristine. Uh, But they just don't want to see us do the work, which is selling the wine, which is hard work today. And it goes beyond just agriculture because it is very specific to the wine industry. It is very specific to the economics of that industry that has kept the valley as pristine as it is, and not given way to development like some of those other places that you mentioned. That's right. Well, the, the problem with the people with Measure C is that they are not tethered to the reality. They are not tethered to earth by the reality of politics and economics. 
they seem to think that uh, our watershed will imply that they get to own everybody's watershed. Uh, but they don't have with it the mutual responsibility of what it is that they want to take care of. They want the mutual responsibility to fall to the owners of the oak woodlands, and they don't want anything to do with that, but they want the, the water that comes from it for themselves. So that gets in, in, a, in a really uh, awkward position. But I think really one of the things that none of us have talked about much is that this is really, a, the, the whole Measure C is a red herring. It's not really about water. It's not really about oak woodlands. It's really about pushing back against the wine industry. It's kind of what your lead-in was all about. And that is that they're tired of the wine industry. And I think in some ways, the success of the Napa Valley Wine Auction uh, has a two-edged sword to it. Uh, uh, since 1981, when the wine auction first started and they hoped to raise $50,000 to where it raises now millions of dollars. It's worked against the industry, uh, even though the, 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 the wine auction has provided millions and millions of dollars for the benefit of the, of the county. What happens is we get these boys and girls who come in from across the country with gobs of money. And they see and they read in the Napa Valley Register, the St. Helena Star, how somebody spends a half million dollars on three bottles of wine. And they're going, what is this? And, and they see this lavish lifestyle that goes on. And they resent it. And I understand why they resent it. It's unfortunate, but that's just the way it is. There are some people with gobs of money. And in the last... And there's nothing wrong with and, that. And there's nothing wrong with that. These people, you know, they have it. Uh, and, and we're getting part of it, and we're taking it from them. Uh, but these people resent it, and I think that's, that's part of the deal here is that it's starting to feel like a little bit of class warfare. Now, interestingly, uh, Channel 5 KPIX released, uh, did, a, did a, a dump of all of their old um, uh, documents and, and their news reports. And you can go back to 1968, 1970. And here it is, the exact same thing we're talking about. The traffic, it's too much traffic. Tourism, it's too much tourism. Is the wine industry too successful? This is 50 years ago. Is the wine industry too successful? We have to put a cap on it. There is this ongoing pushback against success. And it's unfortunate because uh, the Napa Valley that was 50 years ago was really a small provincial um, a business, a small provincial a wine industry that sold wine fundamentally just in, in America. And, and, and America was not a wine-consuming country. Today it is. Um, America consumes more wine than any other nation in the world, primarily because of our size, not because of per, per capita uh, population, because of our size. And so where 50 years ago, when Robert Mondavi was first starting up, and today, every wine country in the world wants a piece of our action. So if you're in Europe, Eastern Europe, South Africa, South America, Australia, uh, New Zealand, if you're in uh, the coastal zone or Mendocino or Lake or Oregon or Washington or any other state in the union, everybody, we, we now have to compete against all of these people. And to do that takes a lot of time and energy and money. And on top of that, 
we're dealing with um, uh, a, a competitive disadvantage for everyone who, who, who raises and grows grapes and makes wine in Napa County, which is we're the most highly regulated county for wine growing and grape and winemaking anywhere in the country, if not the world. And even with all those regulations, there are people that have been arguing that we need to be regulated more. But what's interesting about it, and I want to come back to another point you made in terms of what this whole debate about Measure C is about, it shouldn't be lost on anyone that some of the principal proponents of this measure have shown up for years over and over and over again at Board of Supervisors meetings, and and they haven't been there arguing week after week after week for Oak Woodlands or Save the Oaks. They've been arguing and making statements against the wine industry. Yes, and if you go back uh, to 2016, when the first initiative was um, filed, the the letters that uh, both Mike Hackett and Jim Wilson wrote were really uh, primarily against the wine industry. And in the two years uh, since 2016, uh, when they filed it, well, actually a, a year, a little bit over a year later, uh, uh, what was it, uh, August, September of 2017 when they filed this one, um, they cleaned up their act. They don't go after the wine industry any longer. But the initial letters that were written were clear that it was an attack on the wine industry. And and Vision 2050 has done nothing but attack the wine industry. And in fact, in their advertisements and in their videos, they go absolutely out of their way to denigrate the wine industry and to blame our industry for what they claim is environmental degradation, which is simply false. One of the aspects of Measure C that uh, I'd like you to talk a little bit about is that beyond Measure C being kind of a stalking horse for this battle against the wine industry, there are things in Measure C that if, if enacted, if in fact it were to become law even after you know, legal challenges and the like, would be not only detrimental to the industry but would open up parts of the valley that are now protected would open them up for much more development. The issue for me with, let's assume Measure C passes, and, and they then get past this 795-acre conversion, and all of the uh, uh, doors come crashing down. What that'll mean is no more new vineyards, uh, no new farming in a third of the county. The Oak Woodlands is uh, uh, estimated by the Napa County uh government to be 167,000 acres, almost exactly a third of the county. And so a third of the county is immediately taken off the board for any new farming, whether it's marijuana or vineyards or asparagus. It's gone. Can't do it. So what is a property owner left to do with their property if they can't do anything with agriculture in a county where the highest and best use of the land has always been agriculture? And in fact, those of us who get a, a bill from the county uh, that we have to spend in our, send in our property taxes, on the back it says Napa County is an agricultural county, and as long as the operation is operating within standard operating procedures, best management practices, the Board of Supervisors will not listen to complaints about agricultural operations. Now, assume this passed, as we just said, what happens? 
no more agriculture in a third of the county. So what can a property owner do? They can build their houses. And if that's the only thing you can do on your property, you're going to either build a great big house with lots of outbuildings, or you're going to sell it to somebody who wants to build a great big house with lots of outbuildings. So so that's, I think, a, a bad direction that we need to, to, to avoid. But what it means, too, is that the county's land use changes from agriculture being the highest and best use to housing being the highest and best use. And for that, I think, is really a slippery slope for the county because there are developers who would just love to break down Napa County and get in here with housing developments. Um, and, and, I, and if you love Napa County, as most of us do, no matter what side of Measure C you're on, you don't want to see Napa County subdivided. And I think, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, and I think Measure C is a perfect example of that, which is that what they're trying to do is to preserve something when, in fact, what they're really going to do is to possibly break open and put a niche in the armor of, uh, and open it up to ultimately development. Is it your sense that the proponents of Measure C realize that and just don't care? I think they are so blinded by hate that they can't see it. When I spoke to both uh, Mike Hackett and Jim Wilson immediately after the 9 report, mm-hmm. and that report is where um, – the the legal firm uh, that was hired by Napa County to give in give give the supervisors a, a legal opinion of the initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, I went up to, to to both Mike and Jim separately uh, outside the door, and and I said, look, you know, it's what I mentioned earlier. I said to Mike, you guys keep talking about mutual, you know, our watershed, our mutual ownership of of the watershed, but you never talk about the mutual responsibility. Uh, to correct the problem. And he just, they both looked at me like, what, what are you talking about? And I said, well, you're trying to stick the, the responsibility of cleaning up, supposedly cleaning up something that doesn't exist on the Oak Woodlands people. And yet you never asked them if that was okay. You never considered what you're doing to them or what their rights are or anything about that. And the, they just, they were, they were blank. They, they didn't have the intellect to, to be able to say, yeah, maybe we should have talked to them or it doesn't really matter. They, they never even considered it. And to me, that is irresponsible uh, to, to the nth degree. And it's one of the main reasons I jumped into this opposition so early and so strongly is because I see this as the tyranny of the majority. They're taking, they want to take something from the Oak Woodlands people without even asking them, without even giving them an I yes or no or whatever with your bottom end. And, um, and I just think that's wrong, and I think it's morally indefensible. To what extent do you think that the Board of Supervisors might have been able to head this off at the pass? Is there anything they could have done? Well, this rose up in 2015, and there was a big uh, a public forum that was held at the uh, Napa High School. And out of that came APAC, the uh, Agricultural Preservation uh, I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> APAC, uh, Advisory Committee. 
Okay, Ag Preservation Advisory Committee. Uh, and I think it, it was well-intended. It was set up by uh, Supervisor Diane Dillon. She was chairperson of the supervisors at the moment. And I think what happened is that they, didn't, they, they made two mistakes. They had too short of a time frame on it because this is really a complex issue. Uh, and they didn't have a, a, a professional facilitator. The chair of the, of the, of the APAC was Ted Hall, um, and a lot of people viewed him on, from the Vision 2050 side as a, as a partisan uh, for the wine industry. But that was really looking at the wine industry. Uh, they didn't really look at Oak Woodlands, and the whole issue with Oak Woodlands and Watershed uh, never came up. So did they make a mistake? I don't know that they could have anticipated uh, where it went. But I will say this, if Measure C fails, there's no question that there will be a Oak Woodlands Watershed Task Force formed <laughs> to deal with it. And I know a lot of people kind of groan, but I do think we need a public forum where we can come to an agreement on what the science is for the valley. We can't even agree on the basic science of the valley. Uh, the, the pro measure C people are constantly, constantly um, uh, using scare tactics about water quality and pesticides and um, herbicides and all kinds of, of matter of pollutants in the Napa River. They have pictures of little kids with children and, uh, and, and their claims are simply not true. And the, 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 the entire concept of the Oak Woodlands Preservation is mistaken. It's bad science. It's 20th century thinking in a 21st century world. If this is, an, in fact, seeking out a problem that doesn't exist, what is the need for any kind of a, a task force? Well, I think when a community, and, and let me back up and say, Napa County has a long history of, of working cooperatively and trying to come to a consensus of where to go. And it started out with the Ag Reserve. Uh, and then even Which the, didn't require a vote of the people, by the no, way. No, <laughs> but it did require a discussion. And here we don't have a discussion. What we have is an initiative process which stinks. It's just a terrible way to, to govern because there is no forum where we can actually uh, agree, disagree, come together, uh, have, have presentation of science. What it is, it's slogans. It's door hangers, it's billboards, uh, it's robocalls. It's, it's a, you know, and frankly, it's all about winning. It's not about educating. And, and have we had a task force, we could then have a forum by which we could educate and learn, and we could find out who was right. And we could then come to at There's least— There's no assurance that we'd have a common set of facts at the end of that process no, but, either. No, but, but at least if we tried, there's an opportunity to come to that uh, agreement, whereas if we don't have it, there's no commonality. And, and right now, I believe, and I frankly think I'm right because I, I work in the forest, uh, and it's been something I've followed all, all my adult life, which is that their idea of— and, and it's repeated over and over and over again. It's the big lie that if we just preserve our oak woodlands, there'll be more water and it'll be cleaner water. And nothing could be further from the truth. In today's world, exactly what will happen if this passes, the oak woodlands will become more and more over, 
grown as time goes on. As the forest overgrows, there'll be more uh, fuel, there'll be more uh, dense trees, all m more, more underst understory, and all of that takes water. And with time, there will actually be less water put into the, into the creeks and rivers. And in fact, if it goes long enough without a major fire going through, it will eventually start tapping into the groundwater and reducing groundwater. There's also the danger of, of more fires. Absolutely. And in fact, if you look at the 2010 Napa County Voluntary Oak Woodlands Strategy Plan, whatever it's called, they've identified that over 50% of the oak forests, oak woodland forests in Napa County are in serious danger of a major forest fire, a very hot, high intensity forest fire. And those are the fires that will destroy the oak woodlands. Historically, early uh, or Native Americans uh, burned the forest on a regular basis. And so it kept the understory clear of small trees and bushes. So what you had is fewer larger trees that could withstand uh, drought, disease, insects, um, and fire. The fire would go underneath them. It would be a milder fire. Today, those forests will become overgrown. They will not be able to withstand those high-intensity forests. And then they're also open to greater disease and insects. Sod, sudden oak death, is a, is a pretty good example of it. Now, whether sod would have uh, ever made it into Napa County, I don't know. But certainly a well-managed forest or a well-taken-care-of forest is going to do a whole lot better than a basically an, an abandoned forest. What are your concerns, both on, on a global sense and personally, if this passes? <clears throat> well, the, the most immediate one is uh, there's two. Can the valley heal itself? This has been a bruising debate and a bruising campaign. And there are some very strong feelings uh, uh, that a lot of people may not get over. And I think that you know, the history of the valley is that we have always been cooperative. And I'm not sure that that will survive. Now, maybe it'll come back with time, but it, it will take a certain amount of time to get over the things that have been said. Second of all, as I mentioned earlier, I'm, well, I'm very concerned about the change in the general plan. By, by moving agriculture from the highest and best use to some secondary position clearly is uh, a serious long-term concern for the viability of the entire area. The second one is that if it passes, uh, the Warren Winarskis and the... Um, Beth Novaks uh, of, of, of the Valley, who are uh, wine industry people, have come out and said that the ag preserve, they're trying to rewrite history and say that the ag preserve was set up so that the ag watershed was its um, servant, its handmaiden, that all of that land is there to serve and provide water to the ag preserve. That was never the case. There's never been a case where land has become subservient to other land. That, that's just a concept uh, which is foreign to the United States. But in this county, 
They seem to be thinking that that is exactly, and you know, that's that's Warren's. He's clear about it uh, that all of the oak woodlands, all of the watershed, is there to serve him because he's down in the ag preserve, and and that's just that's not only wrong; it's dangerous. Where does this idea come from? You'd have to ask them because I I first saw it in a letter that they wrote a couple months ago. And in it, they asked everyone to uh, something, as I remember, is will this be good for the Napa Valley itself? And I thought to myself, itself, why would they put the word itself in there? And I'm thinking, no, that it's it's it, it, it can't be what I, I was concerned about. In other words, they can't be isolating out the Napa Valley, uh, the Ag Preserve, uh, in and of itself as as the best and 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 most important use of all agricultural land in the valley, in the county. Right. And then they wrote a letter uh, a couple weeks ago where it's clear. I my original fears, which I uh, slept off uh, were complete. It was right there in, in, in black and white. They came out and said the ag watershed is there to serve the ag preserve. And those are fighting words. They're saying that my land and any other land in the mountains is there to be the slave of, or the slave to the ag preserve. And that's just not the case. Was any of this ever discussed? In the original discussion about the Ag Preserve? Well, I wasn't here, but I don't believe so. And of the people that were here that I spoke to, who are mostly gone now, uh, the, 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 the broad strokes of the Ag Preserve was to keep the Napa Valley in ag, put housing in the cities, and housing in the hills. And at the time... The, the zoning was for 40 acres. In other words, it was a, a minimum lot of 40 right. acres in the county. And then it went down to 20 acres. As a response, this was in early 1970s, this was a response to that concept, which was housing in the cities and housing in the hills. Then the environmental group got together, and they said, uh-uh, we don't want that. So they made it 160 acres. So if you have... Uh, 310 acres, you cannot subdivide your land. You need 320 plus acres to subdivide it into two parcels. And, uh, and that's, you know, you, some people will say that was a good thing. I'm not going to argue one way or the other. But clearly the intent, the original intent of the Ag Reserve, based on how the Board of Supervisors changed the zoning from 40 to 20 acres in the Ag Watershed, and then it was called the Ag Watershed, uh, AWR, Ag Watershed Recreation. Uh, so it's, it's been subtly changed and manipulated, and frankly, this is a major manipulation to which I probably will not get over for a long time because I'm furious over this. How has all of this impacted, and you have been here long enough to certainly see the changes that have taken place, how has all of this impacted by the economic sustainability of the business side of, of the wine business today? Oh, it's, it's huge. Uh, uh, you know, we went through 15, 20 years ago a period when the same group, type of group, uh, was opposed to the wine industry, and they started calling us... Um, Alcohol farmers, uh, industrial vineyards, 
they started denigrating it, denigrating the industry with words uh, like that, and that and that hurts. Uh, I I believe, and I believe I can prove that Napa County is one of the most environmentally sustained counties uh, in the country. And one of the supervisors said to me recently, you know, you can't have you can't have environmental sustainability without being economically viable. And he's right. And, uh, and one of the things that has allowed Napa County to be in such a good environmental position is because we have been s- successful in the wine industry. Uh, y- you look, you know, back to Santa Clara, there's no orchards in Santa Clara. There's no walnuts in Walnut Creek, but there are wine grapes in Napa County. And, and th- that's just enormously important. And to do that, we have to compete. And when we compete, we have to be able to have flexibility and we have to change because the world is changing. And if you don't change with the world, you're going to get left behind. A-, a-, a perfect example of an industry that didn't change are, are in San Francisco. Uh, one, at one time, the port of San Francisco was the largest port on the western United States. Now they, they virtually don't exist. And Montgomery Street used to be called the Wall Street of the West because that's where all of the banking industry went on. We don't have a bank left on, on Montgomery Street. Right. Wells Fargo was bought by a small bank out of um, Minnesota some years ago. And B of A is now headquartered in, in um, Charlotte. And, um, and when an industry starts spiraling down, it's really hard to save it. And as you look at all of this today, if Measure C passes, doesn't pass, you, you talk about the hard feelings, the bad feelings throughout this campaign. Do you think that, that no matter what, everybody will just move on and worry about the business side of this? Well, I, uh, hard to predict where it will go because the feelings are so strong. But it's clear to me that if Measure C passes, it'll get hung up in the courts for a long time. Right. I have no idea where it'll come out. I suspect it'll be pretty well eviscerated. Whether it'll be enough that it kills the whole thing or not, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, but it's going to take a lot of time, and it's going to take a lot of money. And, and quite frankly, none of this was necessary. There was no need for this. Our water quality is good. The Napa River is cleaner today than it has been in the last 75 years. The water quantity, the 2017 Napa County Sustainable Groundwater Act, uh, groundwater report that came out, says we're in fine condition. The Marco, um, the MST, the Marco Solique, uh, Sarco Tulake right. area has not only stopped going down, it's going back up, and they've done it because of Napa County's policies, which is where they started giving reclaimed waters to the various golf courses out there that were sucking a lot of water out. And so the county has responded in, a, in an appropriate way. The Measure C people hate good science. They will not talk about the, that groundwater report. They will not talk about the Napa River being delisted for nutrients. All they want to do is continually give us scare tactics. And that hurts because we're in a highly competitive industry. You know, I feel like when we go out and we sell wine, we have to compete against all these other counties and countries. And then we come back here, and, and it feels like, you know, our neighbors are stabbing us in the back. 
And, and it gets to be one of frustration. You just aren't going to put up with it any longer. We go out and we do battle to sell wine and to compete on the world market. A little winery like mine, I mean, we're teeny, and yet we sell in two provinces in Canada. We've sold in Japan for decades. We, we sell in the UK. We sell in Denmark. We just opened up, of all places, Czechoslovakia. And we're a little itty-bitty market because we have to have a global reach because it's so competitive. And will something like this finally lead to small guys like yourself saying at some point, it's not worth the effort, let's sell out to the big guys and we'll see more, even more consolidation? Absolutely. And I've told Mike Hackett this directly, that they're like the long-line fishermen in the ocean with the five-mile nets out. They think they can go after the, the rich guys who come into the valley. But what they're doing is they're throwing these nets out and they're scooping up all of us guys who have been around. We don't, you know, a lot of us got into the wine business when you could get in for a nickel and a dime. And, and today, uh, they're driving a lot, of, a lot of the old guys, graybeards like myself. We're, we're just getting to the point of frustration and saying, screw it. Next time you can deal with the, you know, f- f- the, the guy that buys my property will have five lawyers down at the county. And, um, and instead of Stu Smith showing up down there, taking my time to sit on the watershed task force, to take my time to sit on the general plan, it'll, it'll, they're doing the exact wrong thing to get what they want. They clearly are what is the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Stu Smith, I thank you so much for coming in. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Napa Valley Radio for the way we live now.